When they got home from fishing, he and the boy would give it a coat of paint. Not much of a boat. Old 25-foot double-ender, cramped little wheelhouse. Still, with the hand-troll permit, they'd caught enough salmon and halibut to keep alive. Some to smoke, and some to sell. But he better stop this looking. He hadn't come over here to stare. He pulled himself to his feet, swung a leg over and climbed out. The boy had trotted along the beach to the farthest point. The man watched, and the boy circled his arms and shouted against the wind. A flock of gulls rose, screaming. The man walked along the line of black boulders. They were set below the last high tide line, the water coming back now to cover them. He went over to the smallest one and got down on his knees, ran his hand over the top of the rock, then the sides. He knew already what he would find. He dug his fingers into the sand and pried. The rock levered itself over, and Raven's round eye stared out at him. A petroglyph. A rock carved by his ancestors. Eight thousand years ago. Ten, maybe. By every stream and river, the petroglyphs had called to the salmon, Come home. Come home. Those rocks were missing now. Stolen and sold. Hidden in warehouses and back corners at down-south art galleries. One time... Not long back, those men had come around, talking, asking, wanting. He didn't listen. The things they wanted didn't belong to him. The things they wanted belonged to no one, and everyone. His finger followed the outline of Raven's eye and beak. First people. Raven had tricked first people out of the sun and moon. He had created a new people from leaf but Raven hadn't changed since someone spent years, years, carving his picture into this rock with a stone tool. Raven was always. His ancestors had carved rocks and totem poles so they would remember how Raven stole the box of daylight, how grizzly bear saved the people from the glacier floods, how eagle was avenged against the great hunter. In case they would forget... They made masks and rattles and bowls to tell those stories with songs and feasts. Then the missionaries came. Jealous for their own god, they were. Thought the totem poles and masks and rattles were worshipped, so they'd ordered them burned. Not many stories had escaped those missionary fires. He didn't know how long he crouched there, looking at Raven. Anyway, till his nephew came back. These rocks lived somewhere he told the boy. Each rock lived at one special stream, or beach, or ledge. Now they can't ever go home. He felt tears coming and looked away at the sea bending over the reef. Raven, he said. This raven, right here, looking at us. But the boy wasn't looking at Raven. He was looking at the man, so the man tried to hide away his tears. It wasn't stolen, the man said. It was kidnapped. Sometime in the night, the man woke up. It was so dark below deck that he had no eyes. He lay there, listening to the boy's whispering breath and the water trickling along the hull as the boat swung slowly on her anchor. Then far in the distance, he heard the sound of another boat, not many boats this time of year. They'd traveled all the day before, seen only a tug pulling a fuel barge out in Sumner Strait and a few fishing boats. 
This boat sounded large, the heavy, water-muffled drum-drum of an engine coming near. He felt around for the child and put his arm across him. The boy sighed and turned over. The man whispered, Where white bird flies up, and raven waits for salmon. High above is listening stone, the boy said, yawning and pushing his legs out straight. Then he told the rest of the story in quiet words while the man waited. Always remember it, the man said. You remember, even when you are old and I am gone, and there is another boy to tell. You say it so much, you will never forget. Now the man heard water boil past and slosh against the hull next to his head, and he was afraid.